0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. Amen. Well, I've been just thanking God for his goodness and for his favor and just thanking him for being here. Amen. With us, the Bible says he's the ever present help. In the time of trouble, we can call upon him, amen, and he will be right there to answer every prayer and every call. So I just thank him for just being present. We are at a special and at a pivotal point in our ministry at the Gathering Church, and here this morning, this is the final Sunday of our message series, Dominate, amen? How many have enjoyed the Dominate message series so far? Are you dominating? Amen. Are you stepping forth? Amen. If this is your first time here this morning, let me give you a little recap of what we've been talking about. Many times when we hear the word dominate, we think dominate is a negative word. We, we think about people being manipulative. We think about someone being domineering or dominating. And, and so God has said in his word that he has called us to have dominion. Someone said dominion. Amen. He has called us to have dominion. And so God has been challenging us over these last three weeks to be dominators. Amen. To take dominion for Him. Week one, we spoke about inherit. That God has called us to inherit because of what He's done through Jesus Christ. Amen. His Son. He, we are allowed to inherit the promises of God. The very promises that He gave to Abraham. And in that message, we spoke about having a clear vision. Amen. The Bible says, my people for a lack of vision. Amen? We need vision. We talked about having audacious faith, that bold faith. You have to dare to believe God. And we spoke about being dressed for the wedding, being prepared for the future. Amen? Abraham did not know where he was going. Amen? But God told him to go. And some of you, God, you, you don't even know where you're going. And God is saying, go. But you're like, Lord, where am I supposed to go? But God is saying, you just trust me and I'll lead you into your own promised land." Somebody say amen. And then week two, we spoke about being devoted. Now, this was a hard message, amen, because this dealt with us really trusting God, amen. We, we say we trust God. We, we sing songs about trusting God. We read scriptures. We have affirmations about trusting God, amen. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, are we really trusting in God? And so we spoke about trusting in His promises. Sometimes God promises take a little while to come the path. How many can attest to that this morning? Amen. You know, God promised you something They were, Lord, I'm still kind of waiting on that. And what we're going through is nothing new because we've seen it all throughout the Word of God that people had to go through a waiting season to see the promise that God had for them to come to fruition. And so we spoke about when you are trusting God, God wants you to put everything on the table. Amen. In, in, In the Old Testament, they had what was called an altar. Amen. The altar was a place of sacrifice. God is calling us all to put all of our life, including ourselves, on the altar. Sometimes we have things in front of him, people in front of him, money in front of him, issues, our dreams in front of him. But he wants to be the primary focus in our lives. And so we spoke about putting it all on the table. Then last week, who was here last week, praise the Lord. Amen. We had our guest speaker. Amen. My spiritual father, Bishop. Carlton Theophilus Brown came, and he shared the word about being a dominator. Amen. We got any dominators in the house? Amen. And so he spoke about the power of unity, that we could do more together, because so many times, especially in this day and age, we are focusing on our individuality and what we can do by ourselves. But God never created his body to operate within themselves. There's a beautiful saying that says, No man is an island unto himself, amen? That we need each and every one to operate in unity so we can all work together. He spoke about what does it really mean to be a dominator. He spoke about the acronym for perpetual host. I don't have time to go into that. You can get the message from last week. And that he closed out about seeking and studying and with the Spirit. And so that was a great message that he shared with us last week. So this week, we come to our closing. And this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we separate the boys from the men and the girls from the ladies. Amen. This is where we said we're going to go all the way in the Lord. Jesus Christ had a mighty following until he said, you have to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And the Bible says many begin to turn away because they did not want to go all the way with the Lord. Sometimes we serve the Lord by what we can get, but we don't serve the Lord because of what we can give. To him. And so th- today, we're, sp- we're speaking about the topic of takers. Takers, takers. There was a wonderful movie that came out just a few months ago last year called Takers. Amen. Some of you have seen that movie, Takers. Amen. You didn't see, you didn't miss too much. I heard it flopped in the, in, 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 in the box office. But the point of the movie was about these bank robbers, amen, who work together. Amen. To craft a scheme, to craft a plan, and it was so tight knitted that they could never get caught until they allowed someone from the outside to come in to infiltrate, and then it blew their cover, and then everything just began to fall apart. What a beautiful analogy of how the church operates at times. That we operate together, we do our part together, but when we allow interference from the outside, To come in, it causes us to be divided. United we stand, divided we we fall, amen. And so today we're going to talk about what it means to be a taker. God wants you to be a taker. If you're here at the gathering church this morning, you are not here by chance. You are here by divine appointment, amen. If you're listening online, if you're listening anywhere else, you are hearing this by divine appointment. A taker is someone who is a participator. Amen? Not someone who just sits there and speculates, but someone who participates. Amen? This participator has a part to play for the ultimate success of any organization. Amen? When you are a taker, you participate. You know your part. Amen? And you do it well so that everybody can experience success. Everybody can experience success. A taker is an individual who is radical. Radical. God wants you to be radical this morning. The word radical is defined, in essence, as one who is an extremist. One who is willing to go over the edge. One who is willing to risk it all. These individuals are catalysts that bring change to what is current, currently existing. In other words, if I see something that's currently existing and I want to bring a difference to it, I, I want to do something radical, I'm the one that initiates the change. Many times we come to church and we say, you know, you know, some of us, you know, we 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 we, we I call it church shopping, you know. Back in the old school we call it church hopping. We call it church shopping now because you know we have a little list. Well I want a church where the pastor does this, they have to have a choir, they have raise worst team, and then we have to get up by a certain time, because I'm leaving having church all day, because my grandmother was raised like that, and I don't want to be in church all day, so I want to hit it, split it, and go. I just want to get a word, and go my way. And so we have our list, and, and some not right on that list, oh, this not the church for me, so I guess i got to go somewhere else. Oh, it's quiet in here. <laughs> Been there, done that. And so we get ourselves these lists, and, and, and we, 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 we make all these different things, but we realize that maybe we could bring the change. Sometimes we we complain about the situations we find ourselves in in life. And I realize maybe God is calling me to make a change in this situation. Maybe God is calling me to make a change in this church. Maybe there is a part for me to play. Maybe God is calling me to be a taker. We are called to be radical for Christ. This is a radical church with a radical vision. As I said Many times before, the gatherings Church, its vision is that we will be a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. I'll say that again. We will be a place of grace. This is a place, look, we ain't here to point fingers and how you dress and how you look and how you don't look. Old school church is over. This is a new day and age. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. This is a place of grace. You could come. And find God's smiling face here. Amen? This is not a place where we put people down we make people look weird. Oh, you've been sitting in my seat this Sunday. We, we don't play those games here. This is, not, this is not that type of church. If you want that type of church, you can go down the street. Amen? God bless you. Tell my pastor, Chad, would sit here. Amen? But this is a place of grace where people fall from God. We are not an, fo- an inward-focused church. Because you have a lot of churches that are ingrown. They just care about each other. And when someone from the outside comes in, they make them feel like an outsider. That's not the gathering church. That's not what we're about. We're about making everyone that comes through these doors, loving on them, sharing the love of God, making them feel at home. That's what this church, that's what this ministry has always been about and still is about to this day. Amen? A radical church is a dangerous church. Someone say dangerous. Amen. We're a dangerous church. We're, we're, not try to, we're not trying to walk on the safe side. Amen. We're not trying to be a safe church that strives to keep every member happy. My job is not to keep the members happy. Show me that in the Word of God. It's never said about the pastor's job is to keep the members happy. My job is to feed the flock of God. My job is to bring in those who are broken, busted, and disgusted. My job is to show love and to help raise people up. That's what God has called me to do as a pastor. And God has called you to be a light. God has called you to be a catalyst. He has called you to be radical. He's called you to be a taker this morning. We're not a faith church that strives to to keep members happy. We're not a, a church, a safe church, that avoids controversial issues. The Word of God is the Word of God. Last time I checked the Bible, it says God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God does not change His mind concerning His commandments. What He called sin 2,000 years ago, guess what? It's still sin today, and guess what? It'll still be sin tomorrow. We're not a church that focuses on keeping the status quo, trying to be politically correct. Jesus was not trying to be politically correct in his day. As a matter of fact, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and everybody else was so upset with him by the things he spoke. But he spoke the truth. And he did it in love. And that's the type of spirit that God has called us to have this morning. That we'll be a radical church. A church that's focused on him. A church that's on fire for him. An extremist church. A church that say, I'm going to go all the way. I am sold out. I am a taker for Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 44 to 47. And I'm reading from the New International Version. It said, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is a snippet in the book of Acts, chapter 2, of what the first church looked like. After the day of Pentecost had came, amen, this is... Fifty days after Easter, amen, after Resurrection Sunday, amen, the Holy Ghost came. Jesus Christ told his apostles to wait in Jerusalem when you will be endowed with power from on high. A hundred and twenty were in the upper room when the Spirit of God came, amen, he baptized them. The Bible says they spoke in other tongues, amen, and the Apostle Peter got up. Chicken on Peter, Peter the one that denied Christ three times, got up and he began to preach the gospel to say, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, amen, you just need to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And because of that, the Bible says 3,000 were added to their number in that day. 3,000. They started with 120. At the end of the day, there were 3,120. Imagine that to happen here at the gathering church. One Sunday, we just started off with a few people here. And at the end of the Sunday, we had a few thousand people. Come on. So you can't think like that. You, 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 you got to believe God. God is still the God of the miraculous. He can still do the impossible things. He is still an able God. He's more than that. He is bigger than that. He is great. He is mighty. What He said He's going to do, He can do. And so these people, these first church, these ministers, these, these believers were all together. They ate together. They fellowshiped together. They hung out together. M- much unlike the church we see today, don't dare come to my house. I don't want you eating my food. I don't want you to know where I live, because then you're going to you go try to see how much money I make. I don't want you in my business. But back in Jesus' time, amen, in the first church, amen, they shared. If people didn't have anything, they sold their possessions. I don't see anyone selling houses today Say, hey, you need a house? I got you. Here's here's the keys. Here's a a car. I got a car. Here you go. We don't see that type of generosity that what we've seen in the first church. And this is an example for us as Christians today to live up to this. You see, God wanted his people united. And so that's why they became one. Because they understood united we stand, divided we fall. Bishop Brown did such a great job last Sunday when he showed the video, amen, of, of of the rams, amen, in South Africa. And he showed how the lioness went and attacked the ram, amen, and, and they caught this little baby ram, amen. And then a couple of the rams came and gathered around the lion as they were trying to devour this baby ram and just took one ram to come against the lion and send all of those lions to flight. And then when that one ram... Came out, then all the other rams came in. It just takes one person to bring change. One person. It took Rosa Parks to say, my feet are tired and I'm going to sit down. Come on. It just takes one person. It takes Moses to say, you know what? We've been here 400 years. Let my people go. It just takes one person. One person. One person. God wants us united. Satan wants us divided. He wants gossip. I know about you, but I've been hurt in the church because of gossip. If you be honest, you've been hurt too. That's why some of you like I don't want them to know my business because I don't want them talking about me. I don't. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't trust them church folk like that. Been there, done that. Know all about it. That's why I'm passing the church, but we're gonna change that. Amen. <laughs> God wants us united. Satan wants us divided. But I think the problem is we have. A, a, a skewed perception of what that scripture really means and acts. So you know what I did? I, I, I wrote, you know, um, the book of Arthur. You know, I, I was, I was, I was a heri- I, was, I was a heretic, and I said, let me rewrite that scripture to how many Christians think about that scripture today. And it goes a little something like this. So this is the book of Arthur, chapter two, verse forty-four to thirty-seven, and it goes a little something like this. All the believers were divided. They didn't have much of anything in common. Hoarding their possessions and goods, they kept as much as they could for themselves. Every now and then, if it wasn't or season and they weren't too tired, they would come to church for an hour and leave early to beat the traffic. They loved Jesus when it was convenient for them, yet they were more despised by people for their hypocrisy. And very few people got saved. That's the modern day scripture. That's the modern day example of what we see as Christians today. I want to show you a video real quick called The Least." And you tell me if you can recognize this church. It's been a great day at church. The blessings of the Lord have been plentiful. Now go and love people with the love of Jesus. That's how the church is today, sadly enough, that we are so caught up in ourselves that we fail to recognize the needs that are around us. Our purpose here at the Gathering Church is to bring them in, bring them in, all walks of life, bring them in so we can build them up, so we can train them, we can teach them, we can give them God's word. Amen? God's Word is not just to feed you spiritually. God's Word is a roadmap for your life. You want to have a good job? You want to have a healthy marriage? You want to make good money? You want to have all the things that God has promised you? You have to get in the Word. My job as a pastor is to build you up and to train you in the Word of God. And then to sing you out so you can make a difference wherever God will take you. That's what a taker is. God wants us to be a taker today. A taker is one who would do anything short of sin to reach people without Christ. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19, it says, I make myself a slave, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, to everyone, to win as many as possible. I have become all things to all men, so so that by all possible means I might save some. One version said, I become all things to all men that I might win some. In other words, Paul would say, wherever I find myself, I try to be an example so I could show Christ's love. I can win those who don't know Christ. I can give hope. I can give love. I can make a change. See, we think sharing Christ is just giving someone a tract and throwing a scripture down someone's throat. But the gospel, before it was preached, it was showed, it was displayed. Jesus did more in his actions by hanging on the cross of Calvary than he did with his word. And his word is everlasting. But he displayed it. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to display his love. A taker will accomplish more with less. Look what Jesus did with the loaves and the fishes. He took it. He multiplied. He fed a multitude of people. God will bless you. He said, You've been faithful with a few things, but I will make you in charge of many things. Matthew 25, 23. We don't have the best of, of, of everything, but God will bless you. Come on. Come on. When people look at you, they'll think you're a millionaire. Come so on, people hire you for the job, they think you got the degree that you that that, that you need. <laughs> They think you're making the money that you're supposed to be making. You just look that good because you're blessed. You are a king's kid. Amen? And God is not calling us to live like paupers, Amen? Now, we might go through lean times, praise the Lord. There might be a time you might eat rice and beans for a couple of weeks. Amen? Come on. There might be a time that you like to go off. No one needs to know but you. But come on. Praise the Lord. we might go through lean times but we still trust God because we know that trouble don't last always. How many you know your, your trouble has an expiration date? Come on. Come on. Your trouble don't last always. Your trouble has an expiration date. And when God says it's over, it's over. And you will come out like pure gold. A taker is someone who accomplishes more together than alone. A taker realizes that he can't, or he or she can't do it by themselves. Again, they're not focused on their individuality, but they're focusing on being a team. A taker is a team player. Acrony- acronym for team is Together Everyone Accomplishes More. There's no I in team. Amen? God is calling us to do more together, He's calling us to be a taker. A taker is a contributor and not a consumer. A consumer comes, and they want to consume, they want to take, what can I get, what can I get, what can I get? But a taker is a contributor, what can I give? What can I contribute? What can I bring? I'm so proud to see our worship leader this morning, our sister, Marola, which Marola first came to this church a couple years ago. She was this quiet little timid young lady who would come in and sit in the back. On a Sunday morning, amen, and she'll have a little Bible, a little, a little Bible she would bring with her, and she would just sit there and take a little note, and then she'll leave and we'll say, have a great day, good to see you, sir. thank you for seeing you, or whatever. And, and then after a while, she said, uh, she checked the connection card, she said, okay, I'll help anyone you need it. And so I said, well, we need some ushers. Well, I'll usher this. So she got trained, and she started becoming an usher, and so she did a great job, wonderful smile. Maybe probably you've seen her. She still ushers to this day, and, and she comes in, and you come in, and she welcomes you. She seats you, and it's wonderful. And then one Sunday, she said, Pastor, did you know I could sing? I said, What? Now, mind you, we have one worship leader. We're struggling every week. I'm like, we need help, Lord. I'm praying, Lord, send us some help. Send us some help. And and God said to me, he said, your help is in the pews. It's in the chairs. I'm like, where? I don't know. Is this singers that I don't know about here? I don't know. And she said, oh, pastor, I can sing. I said, you can what? And then I actually heard a sample of her singing. I mean, I just wanted to choke her that day. I said, you have a beautiful voice. You've been sitting here all that time on it. And she said, well, you want me to join the worship? Yes, join the worship team. Hurry up. Let's go. And so she started doing support singing. And now this year she started leading worship, and she's doing such a great job. Come on, give God praise for her. Because she said, I'm not just here just to get it. By me giving, I get See, that's maturity. She said, in my contribution, I'm already getting something out of this. I know I'm honoring God with the gifts that He's given me. And as I share my gifts and I bless the body of Christ, I'm being blessed. Amen. Because He has blessed me to be a blessing. He has blessed me to be a blessing. God is calling us to be contributors this morning. The Bible says all believers were together. They had everything in common. turned their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he or she had need. They were contributors. Amen. When there was a need, they gave. They gave. God so loved the world, he gave. They gave. God gave. He's calling us to give. Marola realized the church is not here for me, but I am the church. Church is not a service I go to on a Sunday morning, but I am the church. When I go to work, I'm the church. When I come home, I'm the Church. But I have my friends, I'm the church. The church is not a building. The church is a people. I am the church. You are the church this morning. Come next Sunday, there's no place to meet. The church still exists because you are the church. The church is the people. It's not the place. We are the church, and God has called us to be here for the world. When was the last time you've given yourself sacrificially? It's that necessarily something you want to do? Not that you get joy every time you want to do it, but you said, you know what? I'm going to make a sacrifice because what I do is going to affect somebody. It's going to help bring change. It's going to help somebody. I don't like coming every Sunday and have to set up all this equipment, and I'm pretty sure if I ask my service team members, they don't always get joy every, every Sunday. I mean, we don't complain. But if we complain, we remain, and we praise what? We get it. We get raised. Amen. Praise the Lord. But I don't always get joy out of that. But what does give me the motivation is that someone is going to hear the word of God. Somebody is going to worship the Lord this Sunday. Somebody's going to need a picker upper. Somebody's life is going through and they need a word from God. They need to experience what God has put here at the gathering church. That's what motivates me. So I get joy. It gives, it gives me, I, I, I call it the sacrifice of praise. Amen. Because I'm praising God even though I don't necessarily feel like doing it, because God ain't concerned about your feelings. He ain't concerned about your feelings, he's concerned about your faith. That's why we get all emotional. Oh, I need you, I need you. He said, Okay, but do you believe me? Are you trusting me? Are you devoted? That's what he cares about. When was the last time you've given sacrificially? You've given of yourself. Amen. We 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 give our jobs, amen, Monday through Friday, nine to five, but some of us give us our jobs more than that. Some of us brought our jobs with us to work today. We texting and emailing and everything. Don't don't stop. What are you giving back to God? It's more than just a tithe check. Amen. We're supposed to tithe. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know our people in debt, right? Y'all know the acronym for the word debt? do everything but tithe. That's why people are in debt. <laughs> I'm in debt. Are you tithing? No. That's why you're in debt. The Bible talks about the devourer comes and eats at you. No collectors and credit cards and student loans. Come on, come on, come on. Come, in, come on. But I, I tithe. I say, God, you get the first. And you'll take care of the rest. If I take care of your business, you'll take care of mine. A taker will make a great Difference. Somebody said the word great. Oh, that sounds kind of weak. Say great! All right, there you go. Put some bass in that. A taker will make a great difference. Pastor Vern did a wonderful job this morning ministering and dance. as should begin to say through the through the words that were spoken that greater things are yet to come. They are yet to be done. As we was watching this beautiful montage of of photos of of, of, of our community care event from last year, amen, we're saying to us that greater things are yet to come. As we go forth and be those dominators that God God desires for us to be, greater things are yet to come here for the gathering church. I told you, I'm looking forward to Easter Sunday. I'm looking forward for every seat to be filled in this church. Amen. I'm looking forward to seeing souls stand up and say, what must I do to be saved? I'm looking forward, Amen. I'm looking. I'm getting excited. I'm getting passionate about this thing because I don't believe that this is all that God has called the gathering church to be. I believe that there is more. I believe that there's more for your life. I believe that this God has great things in store for your future. And if you don't want to believe it, I believe it for you because He's more than able. He can do it, and you have to dare to believe Him. When you are a taker, you will make a great difference because you realize that it's not about you, but it's about Jesus. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that works in us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God wants to blow your mind. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, God wants to blow your mind. Come on. he want, I think you got the wrong one. They look sleepy on you. I, I don't know. I think you, you got the wrong one. Get somebody, lock eyes with them. Say, neighbor, God wants to blow your mind. All right, there you go, there you go. He wants to blow your mind. He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly. Come on, that's enough right there. Exceedingly, that means he just keeps on going. Abundantly, that means this big is rich. Come on, it's awesome. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. That means your thoughts are not his thoughts. That means that what you thought about, what you think could be the biggest thing, that's not even what he's going to do. It's going to be greater than that. When I look at my life now, I say, God, here I am, 32 years old, I'm pastoring. I was talking to my wife, and one of our brothers here just turned 25 years old a few um, days ago. And I said, do you realize that at that age, honey, I was already pastoring? Pastoring since I was 24 years old. I said, do you realize? I said, That's that what I set out to do? If someone told me that at 18, 19, 20, even 21, you're going to be a pastor in three years, I would have called you a bold faced liar. Because that's not what I had in my plans to do. Okay? I want to have my own little thing working. And God said, Are you going to trust me? Are you going to put it all on the table? Do you want to make a difference? I said, Yeah, Lord, I want to make a difference, but I, I want to do it my way. I don't want to go through no ministry. I don't want to deal with people. I, I I'm, I'm, you know, I, I grew up. I, I had a stuttering problem growing up. I said, Lord, I, I'm not the greatest speaker. I'm not as eloquent as Bishop James. I can't exegete the way Monita Bottom does it. I can't tell them to get ready, get ready, as some other people say, do it. I said, I don't have a great teaching ministry the way A.R. Bernard does, and, and and I can't tell it like a T.I. is. All right, the way Jackie McCullough does it. So I said, why would you call me to ministry? Why would you call me to do this? Because he said, Arthur, it's not about you. It's what I want. And I'm God. if you trust me, I'll bless you. And I'll make you a blessing. So I said, Lord, whatever you want to do. And I trusted him. And here I am today. Has it been an easy road? Amen? When you follow Christ, it's not an easy road. I think some of you already know that by now. It's going to cost you something. This anointing on my life costs me something. I still pay for it. I'll pay for it for the rest of my life. It costs you something to walk with Jesus. You will be ostracized. You will be criticized. You'll be overlooked for promotions. Your professors won't like when you write about Jesus. Come on. Come on, your family thank you for a uh, fanatic. Come on, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt and the keychain too. But I said, Lord, I trust you in spite of everything. Come on. The world behind me. (laughs) The cross before me. No No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. If you want to make a difference, it's no turning back. It's saying, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. God, you want to do immeasurably. You want to do exceedingly. You want to do abundantly. Here I am. Do it in my life. Because you can't be a dominator if you're not dominated by God's love. You cannot be a dominator unless you're dominated by God's love. You can't go and, and, and be a witness for God. Come on, if God can't witness you. A taker is a part. I'm closing. A taker is a partner. Someone that's saying, I'm here. I'm a part of the team. I know that I'm not perfect, but I'm here to serve. I'm willing to learn. I might bump my head, I might scratch my knee, but I'm still here. Just like when you're into marriage. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to have stats. Amen married folk, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. Those not aspire to get married. Take the lesson now. It's not always peaches and cream. Amen. You, you, you will. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And he didn't say, in marriage, you will have trouble. But he said, have, be a good chit, I'll overcome it. you can overcome in marriage. Amen. You will have trouble. You will have issues. You will have spats." There will be times of frustration. But when you are committed, you don't worry about that stuff. When you commit to God, you don't worry about that stuff. Because He'll take care of it all. If you just trust Him, He'll take care of it all. Because you are a partner today. So here's my challenge to you today. Here's my challenge to each and every one of you today. Will you partner with us? We just heard a song. So, Ministry of Dance, great things are yet to come. Do you really believe that with me this morning? I came in, my sister came in and said, Pastor, we're with you. I said, wow, praise God, I need to hear that. And sometimes, you know, they said, you know, if, if, if a leader is walking, he don't got no followers, he's just taking a walk around the corner. He's not really a leader. And sometimes you wonder, if I'm just taking a walk, Yes, everybody. Right? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Will you partner with us this morning? So we can be that place of grace where people far from God can experience life in Christ. If you've been blessed at any time at the gathering church, just raise your hand. I just want to see your hand. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That'll bring tears to my eyes. Praise God, because that's what it's about. It's about touching lives. It's about us touching each other's lives and by us touching lives of people who are out there. For those who, who have bought food for the food pantry, I want to say thank you this morning. Thank you for those who are able to do it. If you aren't able, say a prayer. We're not always in a place to give, but we're all, always in a place to pray. Amen? But I want to thank you this morning because I believe God is calling you to partner with us. I believe God is calling you to say, okay, what must I do? What's the next step? What's the next step? Now, you can say, well, that's for somebody else. That's not for me. That's for somebody else. But I, have, I have a little poem for you for somebody else. And go a little something like this. There's a clever young guy named somebody else. There's nothing this guy can't do. He's busy from morning to way late at night, just substituting for you. You ask to do this or you asked to do that. And what is your ready reply? Get somebody else. Get somebody else. To do that job, he'll do it much better than I. So much to do in this weary old world, so much, and so much, and workers are so few. And somebody else, all weary and worn, is still substituting for you. God is calling you today, not your neighbor. You today, He's calling you today to take a stand for Him. If you don't know Jesus Christ and a part of your sins, that's your first step. That's your first step. You have to know Jesus Christ. You have to receive him in your life. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Guarantee it. You will be saved. That's the first step. After that, then God wants you to join a spiritual family. He wants you to be a part of a place where you feel like you belong and a place that you feel you can contribute. He wants you to be a dominator. He wants you to take the next step. That's what he wants for us to do this morning. So here's where we're going at the Gathering Church. This is where we're going. From today and for the especially for the next twelve weeks. Let's talk about that. Just to lower that music for me. This is where we're going. If you are a member of the Gathering Church, everybody say member. Amen. If you are a member of the gathering church, this is what we're doing. Today, like I said, this is a special Sunday. If you're a first time guest, if you're just a regular attendant, this, this, does, not, this does not apply to you. Amen. It's for members of the church. If you're a member of the church, this is what we want to do. God is calling us to dominate. How many believe that? Give God a, a, a up if you believe it. Okay. All right. So you, you, you show me with your class. You, you, you agree. Amen. Okay, so this is what we need to do. Last year, we we, we had a missions budget of about $3,000. Everybody say $3,000. Amen. Behind me, believe that God wants us to accomplish more this year. Every year should be greater. Amen. Last year, we had a, a, a miraculous year. In a matter of three months, we raised over $20,000 here. That's what us, us little folk here. Got a little penny job. $20,000 we raised. A matter of three months. Twenty thousand dollars. Amen. I could praise God for that again. Hey, like, Pastor, I need twenty thousand dollars right about now. Twenty thousand dollars. Amen. And that's in the bank, and it's still in the bank. But this year God has called us to do more. And so what I'm asking all of our members to do, and if you are a tender, if you are a guest and you feel free, then go ahead. You're not obligated. I'm speaking to my members this morning. We need to raise $5,000 for our missions fund. Amen? We need to raise $5,000 for our missions fund. Let's get to talk about money. Amen? Because I know where the money goes. it don't go in my pocket, I can tell you that. Amen? It goes to the ministry. It goes to the work of the kingdom. Last year, we touched over 200 students last year. We gave free backpacks to the city of Hackensack. Over 200 backpacks last year. We were able to touch over 200 students last year. And it was such a blessing to see... Um, kids who had you no—we we, we had a food pantry. We gave about 21 families um, a, 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 a box of food to last them for a whole week. Last year, we had um, the city of Hackensack. We had um, the Bergen County unemployment center come, and we had a whole station up to find information about getting jobs and things that you would need to help you to better your resume. Those different type of things. And of course, we had face painting for the kids last year. We did a great job last year, and I was very pleased to see just the the, the impact that we made on our community for Jesus Christ. But I believe this year that God wants us to do even greater things. I believe that was just a snippet. He said exceedingly, abundantly, he will cause us to do great things. I believe he wants us to do greater things. Last year for Mother's Day, we took Mother's Day portraits. For those people who who came with their mothers last year, they were able to get a, a free portrait done of them. How many took a Mother's Day portrait last year? Remember that? Mother's Day. Amen. We're able to give, amen, first-time guests, those fathers who came for Father's Day, gifts to, to affirm it, to help them to be the man that God has called them to be. All these things come with costs. Amen. And so what I'm challenging our members to do is this is what we want to do. Over the next 12 weeks, we want to raise $5,000. Over the next 12 weeks, we want to raise $5,000. If God can do that, give us $20,000. In the same amount of time, I think five thousand dollars is nothing for God. I, I really believe that. Yeah, I believe that this morning. I, I, I really believe that God is more than able to do that. What He said He can do, and I believe that if you take the step of faith, say, Pastor, I'm 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 going to believe God to do something. I'm going to believe God to do with you. I believe God will provide for you. My wife and I we the, we pledged a thousand dollars last year for the building fund. I said, Honey, where we got a thousand dollars from? She said, I don't know, because I do our budget month to month and we just making it. Amen. She said, if one of us lose our jobs, we in trouble. How many know about living a page from paycheck to paycheck? Come on. You ain't the only one, people. All right, I'm trying to save now. Amen. I said, I don't know how we got. We said, but well, we're gonna pledge a thousand dollars by faith. By the grace of God, we gave over seventeen hundred dollars last year. God gave us a thousand and he gave us seven hundred dollars more. Ask me where it came from, I don't know. Where it came from. But he provided. Because he said, you have hearts to give, and I'm going to bless you to give. So this is what I'm going to do. My usher. Where's my usher? My usher has in her hand some pledge cards this morning. Next 12 weeks. 12 weeks from today is Father's Day. If I say Father's Day. Father's Day. Amen. If you're saying, Pastor, I want to join you. Amen. Again, this is to my members. Amen. If you're saying, Pastor, I, I want to join you. I, I, I want to pledge something towards this missions fund. Amen. Also with the Missions Fund, we were able to um, um, give over 50 um, shoeboxes last year to Operation Christmas Child last year, to children around the world. Amen. We're about to make a donation to Samantha's First on behalf of Japan. Amen. So we're going to give a couple hundred dollars to do that. So we are a giving church. We are a giving church. We're not just affecting our local community, but we are affecting the world for Jesus Christ. We are globally minded. I know you say, well, how can we make a change? Oh, we can make a difference. Don't let the size fool you. Don't let the location fool you. You can make a difference. You can make a difference. I get emails. I got a, a, a call from a pastor in California who saw our website. I was like, how you find our website? He said, well, I like what you're doing with your graphics. Can you give me some pointers? Here I am with a, with a pastor who's pastor of 500, a 500-member 500, um, congregation talking to me. Can, can you give me some pointers? I said, well, I'd be glad to. Do a little something like this. God will make you a blessing. He will do it. He'll cause you to have impact. See, so the problem is we have such a negative perspective of ourselves of where we currently are, we think we can't do anything. But God says if you are a dominator, He'll make you great. Even where everybody thinks you small, He'll make you great this morning. So if you're saying, Pastor, I'm willing to dominate with you, Amen. Just raise your hand and usher's going to give you a pledge form. Amen. Hallelujah. I already have my pledge form. Honey, you got our pledge form? All right. There you go. And make and, and, and make a pledge this morning. If some of you might be in a place where you have to sow your seed, a one-time seed this morning, and do it. Amen? Some of you might say, Pastor, I'm, 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 I can't give, you know, one time, but I could give maybe over the next couple of weeks I could give a little something. Whatever God puts on your heart. Whatever God puts on your heart. I'm not telling you what to give. Whoever God puts in your heart, God has all blessed us individually, differently. Amen? What might be a sacrifice for one is nothing but a drop in the bucket for another. Come on. So whatever God puts in your heart to do, I just want to reach out to you this morning and say just just take that step of faith and believe God to do this morning. To our VIP guests, if you're our first time guests, if this is your first time, this is your second time, or you've been coming, you say well, I I like this church. It's pretty cool. I would like to know more about this church. We're having a luncheon for you next two weeks, two weeks from now, on April the 10th. On April the 10th, we're having a luncheon for you following worship service. Amen? So we're going to feed you and I'm we'll give you a little uh, little video presentation about our ministry, about our church. Of course, I'll be there, answer your questions. If you want to find out more about the Gathering Church, this is the perfect time and opportunity for you to do that. Amen. So if you're interested in that on your connection card that you received inside of your program, just detach this card, just like that. And you can just fill out the back and just check the box, anything you want. If you're interested in finding how you can help at the Gathering Church, Amen. If you have a prayer request, just check the box and write your prayer request in the comments section. We are here for you. We're here so that we can make a difference for Jesus Christ. That's what he's calling us to do. That's what he's calling us to do. Say, would you be a dominator? Would you take that next step with me? Many churches focus about membership. We are about partnership. We want to partner with each other. I want to help you be all that God has called you to be. That's my job as a pastor. I pray for you every day. I do. I really do. My wife prays for you every day. Remember this church in prayer every day. I take what God has called me to do very seriously. looking for God to do great things this morning. So we're going to pray. I'm asking each and every one of you to stand. I know some of you are filling out your, 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 your connection card or your pledge card. But just take a moment to stand with me. I'm giving you a few more moments after that to fill it out. But we're going to pray. Greater things are yet to be done in this city. He has greater things in store for us. I believe it. 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 I believe each is going to be great. Sometimes you, the devil lies to you. Ah, it's not nothing going to happen. It's just going to be the same. You believe in God, it's going to fail again. And he just tells you all well, these different lies. Don't believe what the enemy says to you. Other little thoughts that come. Force you to fear and, and to be intimidated. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. God is able. He can do that what he said he's going to do. I'm going to pray for you this morning.